You may be seated. Close out our Songs of the Savior sermon series on those songs in Luke's gospel that were the last of the Hebrew Psalms and the first of the Christmas Christian hymns. And our reading today is Luke chapter 2, verse 25 through 32. It can be found in your pew Bible on page 1591. 1,591. Starting the reading in verse 21. Here now the reading of God's holy word. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. When the time of their purification, according to the law of Moses, had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed him and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your own soul, too. Thus far the reading of God's holy word, and he blessed it to the hands, hearts, and minds of his people. What's the longest you've ever waited for something? Maybe it was a package that you, deliver, or you ordered on Amazon, hoping and praying that it would get here in time for Christmas Day. Maybe it was something that was being shipped through the U.S. Postal Service, and boy, they've had some issues. Maybe it's something that you prayed about for many, many years, a godly spouse. What's the longest you've ever waited for something? In 2017, CBS News posted a story about a Chinese father who never gave up a search for his missing daughter. That article says, after 24 years of searching, many parents would have given up hope. But Wang Ming Queen never stopped looking for his daughter, Kei Feng, who went missing back in 1994 when she was just three years old. Now the loving father's prayers have been answered and the miraculous story of the family's reunion is sweeping through China. It's pretty common in China for a young girl to be stolen because of the imbalance between men and women 
because of the laws placed in China. And so this little girl at three years old was uh, stolen from her parents who ran a fruit stand. And her dad, for 24 years, never gave up. He even started driving a cab and placed pictures, got a picture of what she would look like when she grew older. And everybody who got into his cab, he'd tell her, tell them about his daughter that's been missing. And finally, it caught wind of the news. The news got a hold of this, and they started sharing the picture out everywhere. And, and this woman, who was now grown and married and had children, saw the picture that was supposed to be what she would look like when she grew older, and she said, that looks like me. And she went into the police station and took a DNA test, and it was her. And there's a video that you can watch of the family finally being reunited with cameras all around, flashes, people trying to ask questions. All you can hear is the father crying, Mommy and Daddy love you. Mommy and Daddy love you. He waited 24 years. The people of Israel have been waiting for thousands of years for the Savior. To come. And Simeon, he's been called by God to be a watchman, waiting for the arrival of comfort, consolation, of salvation, waiting in the temple, waiting for the prophecy of Malachi 3 to come true, the last words of the Old Testament before 400 years of silence. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. Now I don't know about you, but I would have loved to see the shock on Simeon's face when two parents walk in holding a baby. And to realize in that moment, that's what he has been waiting for. Our theme this morning is those who wait on the Lord will not be put to shame. We have three points. Each point is going to be concluded with a song of praise from you, the congregation, and some special music. The first is waiting on the Lord. Verse 25 and 26 of our passage this morning, we read, There was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, righteous and devout, and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So here's a man who has been told by God himself, salvation is coming. Consolation is coming. Comfort is coming. And we're not told exactly when he was revealed this truth, but we can imagine that it's been for some time. In fact, if we see Simeon in comparison to Anna, who's also a part of this passage, whom we're told Anna was very old, and she had lived with her husband seven years, and then when her husband passed away, she lived as a widow until she was 84. And Simeon maybe is in that same category. He's working in the temple. 
He's working in the temple. That's why when Mary and Joseph come in on the eighth day, the day the law of God was, was instructed that children should be male children, firstborn male children should be brought in to be consecrated to the Lord and to be circumcised. He was there. And he, day in and day out, has been there. Having been told by God himself, I am sending salvation. I am sending comfort, consolation. And Simeon, you will be alive to see it. You will be a witness of the Lord that you are seeking. He'll come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come. And your eyes, Simeon, will behold this. How long have you waited for something? Something you've been praying about for years and years. Waiting on the Lord. Something he's placed on your heart. Whether it be to to pray that that someone you love dearly would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Whether it be that that your prayer that your children would grow up to love the Lord and to serve him and to walk in his ways and to to meet godly spouses and, and to raise children of their own. To carry on the faith. Whether it be that, that someone you love has a sickness that they're dealing with and, and health issues that they're dealing with and you're praying for them to have comfort. You're praying for them to have healing. Whether it be that you're just wore out, tired from having to always be the strong one to hold everything together and you're praying to the Lord You need some rest, some peace. Whether it be that you look around at everything that you see that we're going through right now, the hardships and the difficulties, the financial struggles and issues, and you're you're waiting on the Lord to work in your life. You're waiting on the Lord to work in this nation. You're waiting on the Lord to work in your neighbors and in your community. You're waiting on the Lord. You're, that, that, that burden is heavy on your heart. You're praying. How long have you waited for something? Well, Simeon is a testament that those who wait on the Lord will not be put to shame. He waited and waited and waited. Many of us are waiting too. Keep waiting. Keep praying. Keep the faith. If the Lord can arrive, God incarnate, God with us, When the Lord said he would. And Simeon's old eyes could be a witness to it. Then us as well, who wait on the Lord, will not be put to shame. Having been told by the Holy Spirit 
that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. We continue the reading in verse 27. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the law, custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. It may be true that many of us are waiting on the Lord like Simeon was, waiting on the Lord to come through on his promises, waiting on the Lord to show that all the promises of God find their yes and their amen in Jesus. But waiting on the Lord does not necessarily mean inaction. Waiting on the Lord does not necessarily mean that we sit around twiddling our thumbs, waiting for these things to be dropped into our lap. And we read here that it's not the case for Simeon either. He's being moved by the Spirit. He's being taken. He's letting the Lord lead him to where what the Lord said would come true will come true. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. Being led by the Lord means that in our prayers, we're not only asking for, the God, for God to bring to fruition those things which he's laid on our heart, we're also asking God to change us. We're asking God to work by his Spirit in us, to conform us to Christ, that we may live more godly lives, that we may desire To live in conformity to Jesus Christ by God's grace. Moved by the Spirit is that when we pray, we're not only asking God for things, but we're listening. In His Word, we're looking, we're reading, we're finding, we're hearing Him, and we're following Him. Because it's often true. That what we pray for, what we're asking God for, has already been given to us. And it's true that what we're waiting on the Lord for, we need eyes to be able to see it. You understand that, right? That Simeon may not have understood That when the Lord told him, you will not die before you see the Lord's Christ. When Simeon was waiting for the consolation and the comfort of Israel, he may not have grasped fully and understood fully that what he was waiting for, that what would come into the temple courts, would be a baby. That when he was waiting for the Lord of the temple to come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant, when he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, the comfort of Israel, salvation itself, that what he would be waiting for, that what would finally arrive would be a babe that he would hold in his arms. Can you imagine the amazement that Simeon had 
that revealed by the Spirit the Lord that he was waiting for was an infant, eight days old. Now, I don't know about you, I'm a big fan of babies. I think they're cute. They're adorable. They're just adorable enough for you to not lose your mind at how many times they wake up in the middle of the night. I love holding them, hearing their little coos and ahs and burping them and changing their diapers and there's always a part of me that's going to miss the baby face. And my wife is like, don't even think about it. <laughs> but when I'm looking for strength and power and salvation and consolation and comfort and a savior that's going to come to Israel... To be the hope of Israel, Israel who's under the thumb of the Roman Empire, Israel who's being, who's being uh, controlled and manipulated, Israel who's, who is suffering right now in the midst of what they're going through, Israel who's waited 400 years in silence for the Savior to come. And Simeon, I'm Simeon, I've been told that here comes salvation. It's, it's going to arrive. I'm going to see it with my very own eyes. I'm going to see the comfort of Israel, the Savior who's going to come to his temple. I'm not thinking about an infant. An eight-day-old baby who will die if you don't care for who cannot even lift and support its own head. But that's what God promised. And only by the working of the Spirit could Simeon have eyes to see that an eight-day-old baby, an infant, would be the consolation of Israel. And that begs the question, doesn't it? What are we missing? Because we are not looking with the eyes of the Spirit. That God is answering and bringing to fruition in our lives. What are we missing? Because we're not seen by the Spirit the blessings, the wonders, because we're not looking at the fact that the greatest gift has already come. He's an eight-day-old baby, and he's arrived at the temple. He's the Lord, the messenger of the covenant. Is what Simeon has been waiting for. And even though to Simeon it may have been so unexpected, so mind-boggling, that what he was holding in his arms was for the salvation of the people of Israel and for the Gentiles, it doesn't make it any less true. 
So, how are you being moved by the Spirit to see what the Lord is doing in your life? the Lord is doing in your family, what the Lord is doing in your community. Those who wait on the Lord will not be put to shame, but often what the Lord is doing we must see by the eyes of faith, not by sight. So there is Simeon in the temple holding a baby, and he is the Lord who's come to his own temple. He is the messenger of the covenant whom they have waited for. He is the consolation of Israel. He is the Lord's Christ. And Simeon is holding him in his arms just as the Lord had promised. He would not see death until he saw with his own eyes what God was going to do, what God was doing. And so Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. You see, when we wait on the Lord, when we ask to have the eyes of faith, that the Holy Spirit would work in our lives, and when we see Those things which we've been asking the Lord for, praying about, that he's placed on our hearts to pray about, we begin to see them with our own eyes. What we're supposed to do is the same thing Simeon does. He praises, gives thanks to the one who promised him, whom he was waiting on, And who came? Those who wait on the Lord will not be put to shame because all the promises of God find their yes and their amen in Jesus. And when we pray in accordance with God's will, when we pray that the Lord would be working in our lives and in the lives of those we love and in our communities and whatever it is that we are waiting on the Lord for, when we are moved by His Spirit to look and to see with the eyes of faith the way that God is already at work in our lives and in the lives of those around us and in our community and and at work in those things which we've been praying for that God has laid on our heart to continue to pray for. The proper and the only response is to give thanks. It's to praise. Simeon opens his mouth for this final song of the Savior. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. 
He was told he would not die before he saw the Lord's Christ. And there in his arms, as he is lifting his heart and his voice in song to God, is the very Savior whom he has been waiting for. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all people. Now what I love about what Simeon is saying in this moment is at this point, not that many people know that this eight-day-old baby is the Savior of the world. Yeah, some mangy shepherds out in the, the podunk town of Bethlehem Maybe the innkeeper, maybe some of the people there, but I mean, they're not from Jerusalem, the city. Sort of like, you know, we're from South Holland and Chicago. Get that comparison. Not that many people know of the star. Not that many people know that Jesus has been born, Emmanuel, God with us. Not that many people heard the angel's song and what they said about this Savior. That he is Jesus, he is the Lord, he is the, the Lord's anointed one, the Savior. And this eight-day-old baby walks into the temple to be circumcised just like every other firstborn male eight-day-old baby. He was probably not the only one that day in a lineup of a bunch of eight-day-old babies. And I love babies, but usually eight-day-old babies sort of all look the same, don't they? And Simeon says, my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people. So not only has Simeon been waiting on the Lord, not only has Simeon been moved by the Spirit so that he could see with his own eyes, the eyes of faith, that this eight-day-old baby is the Savior of the world. But Simeon, he has his eyes set on the future, on what is to come. If he's anywhere near as old as Anna, he's not going to see Christ to be 30 years old, to begin his ministry, his preaching ministry. He's not going to see Christ proclaim that he is the Son of Man. He's not going to see the Lord's Savior, the Lord's Messiah, the Lord's Anointed One, be carried to the skull, Golgotha, and to be pinned to a cross alongside criminals. He's not going to probably be around when Christ raises from the dead three days later, proclaims that he is the one who has come to make all things new. He's not going to be around with his other disciples as they see Christ ascend into the heavens and to sit at the right hand of God the Father. Simeon, though, even though what he's been praying for, even though what he's been waiting for, has now arrived and he's seen it with his own eyes. He's looking to the future of what this little eight-day-old baby is going to accomplish. 
You have prepared the salvation in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, to the nations, to all people, and for glory to your people Israel. He's seeing with the eyes of faith what Christ will do, what God will accomplish through Jesus, even though it hasn't come to fruition yet. Well, maybe in Simeon's day, he was thinking about the future when he said that this salvation has been prepared in the sight of all people. But we stand at a different vantage point in history than Simeon. We're looking back, and we have, in God's word, the full accomplishment of Jesus Christ written down for us. His life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension. But that doesn't mean that we don't have a future to look forward to as well. That doesn't mean that we don't, although we already hold what Christ has done, look to what has not yet come. We are the fruition of what Simeon was praising God for. We're the Gentiles. We're the nations. Simeon in the temple in Jerusalem singing these praises to God. And here we are on the complete other side of the world in a a completely different place, speaking an entirely different language, reading God's word in an entirely different language because of what Christ accomplished, because of what? God, His Holy Spirit, through the church, has brought about. The gospel continues to spread and to go. Simeon, even though he held in his hands the promise God gave him, you could say, in a sense, was not satisfied was still seeing in the eyes of that eight-day-old infant what was to come. And here we are, many of us waiting on the Lord. Here we are asking the Lord to give us the eyes of faith by the Holy Spirit to see the ways that He continues to work and is working in our lives. And maybe some of those things will come to fruition in your lifetime. Maybe you'll see those things happen. Maybe you've seen many of them happen already. But we must still have our eyes set on what is to come. Never being completely satisfied with what we've been given in this life because we know there is a life to come. Without sin, without the curse, without brokenness, without pain, without hurt. And so we praise the arrival of our Savior, Jesus. We are the Gentiles who would not have known that there was salvation for sinners like us, if not for Christ. The light of the Gentiles. The Israelite boy who was circumcised on the eighth day. Yet we still have more to pray for. We still have more to wait for. 
we still have more to ask the Lord to help us see by the eyes of faith. So this Christmas Day 2020, with all that has occurred and all that has happened and all that's gone on, we do praise the arrival of Jesus Christ, our Savior. But don't stop there. Because yes, he has come. But he comes again. What's the longest you've ever waited for something? A man in China waited a number of decades to be reunited with his daughter. The church has waited thousands of years. Simeon waited and he saw the consolation of Israel with his very own eyes. And much like Simeon, we are waiting again for Christ to come. The Lord Simeon was seeking did come to his temple. But when Christ comes again, it will be like the latter part of Malachi's prophecy. In much the same way, we will hear those words that Malachi said, but who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire and a launderer's soap. I don't know about you, but I feel like we've been refined this year. Cleansed. Tried. Or maybe not forget to continue to wait on the Lord. Being moved by the Spirit as we prepare and pray for his coming again. The invitation is still there. It always is. And it's, and it's held out to all. The Spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty, come. And let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. And those who wait on the Lord will not be put to shame. Will you sing with me? Rise and sing. In a cave. Followed by Psalter Hymnal 337. Joy to the world. Both on the screen.